Welcome to Compliance Beat, the podcast for compliance and ethics professionals. We provide practical insights and answer your questions about compliance and ethics. Together, we'll stay up to date on current trends so that your program stays effective. Brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Here's your host, Eric Moorhead. Question of today is, what does monitoring mean in the context of a compliance and ethics program? First, I'd like to, as always, remind you to please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Uh, please feel free to get in touch with us uh, if you have any questions or any ideas or if there are any topics that you'd like us to cover in the future. And you can do so through our website at www.compliancebeat.com or you can email us uh, directly. You can email me directly if you'd like at eric at moreheadconsulting.com. Uh, all that information is available on our website. Um, this topic that I wanted to cover today, and I'm really going to hone in as I typically do. If you've listened to my podcast, you know I like to work in threes. I have three uh, underlying concepts around monitoring that I think are important that uh, uh, compliance officers and those responsible for compliance should keep in mind. Uh, compliance monitoring can mean a lot of different things, and it can uh, be very sophisticated or not so sophisticated. Like a lot of parts of a effective compliance program, what is effective for one uh, perhaps not so sophisticated organization is not necessarily effective for another. So I'm going to be talking in really broad strokes here to a great extent, but I think that the three concepts that I want to talk about are important for an organization of any size uh, that's facing any kind of potential compliance risks out there. So uh, for that, you know, it, it can work well for an organization in a highly regulated space. Uh, these concepts mean something there, and they mean something for an organization that uh, is not so sophisticated and is also not operating in a highly regulated environment. I think uh, I kind of tried to boil it down to uh, three things that I think are really key and salient to having an effective monitoring program under the sentencing guideline standards and best practices for compliance and ethics programs. The first thing I want to talk about is uh, this concept of having a risk-based approach. We've talked about that before. We've talked about it uh, with regards to um, uh, revising and uh, reviewing your written standards. We've talked about it with, in the context of training here recently in a couple of podcasts. And it applies to your monitoring systems or your monitoring processes as much as anything else. And what I think you want to be able to do is show that you've uh, measured the risks, the compliance risks that your organization faces to the best of your ability through your enterprise risk assessment or if you have a separate compliance risk assessment process, whatever it might be, if you are, you have to be out there trying to nail down those risks. And through that process, you're going to identify uh, compliance risks that need monitoring or overall um, systems that need to be in place for monitoring for misconduct generally, if not specific compliance risks. That's how you develop your program, uh, whether it's monitoring, written standards, training, communications, uh, other tools and structures. Uh, the expectation in 2018 is that you're going to do it through a risk-based process. So when you're talking about monitoring and what your monitoring system or systems or processes should look like, 
the starting point for all of that is uh, developing that uh, plan around uh, risk and then updating that plan around subsequent risk assessment and review. Uh, you look at the, you know, and, and it's very basic terms when you're doing a compliance risk assessment. What, what it boils down to is you identify risk, you apply the available controls that are in place already. So if you have some sort of monitoring systems or processes, and then you evaluate their effectiveness against that risk and find if there are issues, if there are loopholes, if there are uh, areas where the controls and systems and processes uh, and other programmatic pieces uh, do not uh, fulfill the duty that you expect uh, or the, the role that you ex expect for those uh, parts of the program around those specific risks. Uh, and then you, you, know, you do it again and you do it again and you do it again. Uh, that's how you get to uh, defining what you need to have in place or, for monitoring, but also evaluating what you do have in place already for monitoring. So the first piece of this puzzle is, is risk assessment, both on the front end uh, to design, implement, uh, and, and identify where you need to have monitoring, and then on the back end to test that, those monitoring systems. Um, the second thing that I want to talk about, which I think is probably the thing most people think about uh, when you talk about monitoring, and that is systems, tools, processes, controls, tangible or at least somewhat tangible items that exist that, that make up your monitoring program. Uh, the old stalwart here, the one that everybody thinks of when you think of monitoring, is some sort of uh, reporting mechanism, usually an anonymous reporting mechanism, uh, a hotline, helpline, uh, or other reporting system. You know, sometimes that can be a bro broader than just the hotline and helpline. That can include an incident reporting uh, process or system or tool. Uh, that can also include other uh, mechanisms or paths to report that are all kind of bound up together in one reporting system. Um, that's probably the most common thing we think about when we think about monitoring. Uh, it, it's almost, I would say with many organizations, it's almost uh, a synonym for monitoring is our reporting system. But monitoring's more than that, and it's becoming more than that. And I think that one of the big trends that we always talk about is uh, the use of data, uh, both for risk assessment and, and design on the front end, but also evaluation on the back end. And uh, monitoring can mean collecting data in other places beyond just the reporting system. A couple other examples uh, that uh, that many organizations have in place or be familiar with is some sort of uh, data or or information or trend data, if you will, that comes out of uh, training uh, data, uh, trend data, or 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 aggregate data that comes out of surveys. Uh, there there are different places uh, where monitoring can exist. Um, I think that what you when you're talking about the second piece, which is the actual tangible 
parts of the program, the systems that are in place. I think that the key piece here is that they uh, meet with the goals that we were talking about with that first piece, which is the, the risk assessment piece, that they cover the risks that are out there, that they are measurable or testable uh, as to their effectiveness, um, and that they're consistent. Um, I wouldn't consider a one-off survey, for example, a culture survey that doesn't happen on a regular basis to be uh, any kind of uh, monitoring tool because it's not consistent. But if something is happening on a consistent basis, if the tool is in place and it gets and it's and it's a repeatable process and you're getting trend data, then I think that that falls into the context of monitoring. Um, so not everything uh, where you're you know conducting a measurement or or trying to find out what's actually happening out there in the world, which is ultimately, I think, what monitoring is all about, um, will necessarily fall into the monitoring system or systems. Um, and, and again, we I think most organizations kind of retreat back to the reporting system, uh, whether that includes uh, uh, incident reporting uh, and tracking, whether that includes uh, more informal uh, methods of reporting up through HR, up through compliance, up through legal or other mechanisms or through the management chain of command. Uh, it, it can vary. It can vary very significantly. But uh, that's the second piece that you expect that an organization is going to have and that you're going to have a handle around. And that's uh, the actual program for monitoring, whether that's uh, simply a reporting system or uh, anonymous uh, reporting helpline or hotline uh, that you can build from, or whether that's more sophisticated, includes gathering data from a lot of other uh, potential data sources. But whatever it is, uh, that's the second piece I think that you need to, uh, number one, uh, have your arms around. Uh, not all compliance officers, not all, all of those responsible for compliance, I, I realize this, uh, necessarily have uh, firm reign over all of the monitoring systems. Sometimes those systems are uh, through legacy or controlled by other parts of the organization. Uh, but you need to at least have enough access that you can uh, assess whether it's the monitoring system in place covers adequately the risks that you face through your front part, front end part of your risk assessment and that you can evaluate the effectiveness on the back end. Uh, even if you don't necessarily control the tools or systems or processes yourself. And then the third thing, uh, which is related to the others too as well, is what I call feedback loop. Um, the other thing that's often missing, uh, and I already talked about this with regards to the risk assessment, is, is, is the, is the uh, evaluation on the back end. Uh, all of these reporting systems, whether it's a simple um, reporting hotline and incident reporting system, or whether it's something more sophisticated that's gathering data in real time, uh, they have data. <laughs> There's something that you can evaluate. There are trends that can be examined. There's aggregate data that can be put together to try to get some visualization on what's going on, what what risks are being reported, what what. Uh, what controls might need to be uh, either revised or put in place to address those risks. Uh, you need to have the feedback loop. You need to be able to, whatever systems you have in place, be able to evaluate them and get some sort of useful um, data on the back end as to their effectiveness and the risks that you face. Um, and some of those trends might be subtle and they may not necessarily um, be as obvious. 
Um, perfect example here would be if you had a reporting system and people were making a lot of small incidental reports about um, uh, workplace conditions, uh, things that they don't like about uh, the way the managers treat them, uh, things that maybe um, uh, on their own uh, don't rise to the level of materiality for the purposes of the compliance office. And these are things that are for you know a lot of as many of you know a lot of the information that ends up on the helpline or hotline tends to be uh, HR related and tends to be uh, overall nothing that individually is material. But here's why gathering all that data is important. Because things that maybe on their own are immaterial, the fact that somebody's you know feels like they're they can't leave their lunch in the kitchen be in the kitchen refrigerator because somebody will take it or somebody didn't get the cubicle they wanted or uh, somebody feels like Sally got the promotion that really they deserved. Those things are all things that need to be investigated, but maybe individually don't rise to a level of materiality for the purposes of your compliance program. But if they're all happening in the same location, <laughs> that shows that there's potentially some serious issues around uh, management, uh, perhaps, in that location. So you have to be able to see these things in aggregate. You have to be able to see the data kind of unfold uh, in totality to really make sound judgments around what's going on. And so uh, make sure that there's a feedback loop. Make sure that, the, that you are able to gather data from your monitoring processes or systems or tools, whatever you have in place, that you can use, that's usable, that gives you a picture about what is happening out there in the field. And again, individually, these uh, events might be immaterial, but you need to be able to track the trends and see where these issues are happening in case those issues might point the point you in the direction of something much more serious and that's something that I think gets missed sometimes uh, when we're just focusing on uh, the big picture um, items the the reports that you know typically for most organizations rarely come in about thing you know issues of foreign bribery or issues of an antitrust violation those are um, important things to capture and important things to monitor for um, but uh, there might be some things that are going on in the background uh, that lead to serious issues as well um, but you have to be able to visualize it through aggregate data or trend tracking um, so those are three things just to think about around monitoring. I know they're very broad. Uh, I didn't talk too specific because, again, I think the monitoring systems of organizations, the sophistication of those monitoring systems vary uh, in the same way that the size and scope and risks that organizations face vary so significantly. Every organization is different. Um, your, 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 your mileage will vary as just as your risks will vary. Uh, but I think these are three areas to kind of focus your thinking around what's in place and how to measure it. That can be very helpful. And again, uh, that's looking at uh, your risk process, your risk evaluation process, your risk assessment process, uh, both to assess risk, but also to uh, measure effectiveness of controls. Uh, look at those actual systems, tools, and processes that are in place. 
looking back at the information you've gathered through your risk assessment process, do you feel those controls are adequate or need to be modified? Or are you investing in particular systems and controls that you know maybe you shouldn't be and you should be reinvesting those resources elsewhere that are, that's more critical? Uh, and then the last piece is gathering whatever data you can from those systems tools and processes uh, to get a better sense uh, of, of, of the risk. And, and in, a sen- in a sense, although I've talked about three different things, they really work together in unison. The, the feedback loop, getting the data, uh, informs your risk process, and your risk process informs the controls that you feel you need to have in place and the, re- and the compliance risks that you face. Um, and uh, those tools and systems should provide you the data, the feedback that allows you to start it all over again. Um, so I think that these are these are very, um, to use an overused term, synergistic concepts, but they really, to me, make up the fundamental inquiries you need to make when you're taking a look at your uh, current uh, monitoring system and evaluating it uh, versus your compliance risks. I hope this was helpful. Um, I, I, I might uh, do a future podcast and dive a little bit deeper on a little bit more specific uh, monitoring piece, uh, maybe talk a little bit more about monitoring tools that are out there uh, beyond just the, uh, the reporting system because, again, I know that pretty much everybody has that. Um, and, uh, and for some organizations that's synonymous with monitoring and, um, the winds are, ch- the winds are changing and the expectations around data gathering and, and, uh, having a risk-based program, uh, are affecting what those expectations are out there and you need to be aware of it. But until next time, uh, please subscribe. Uh, if you've got questions, comments, uh, suggestions for future podcasts, please feel free to get in touch and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Compliance Beat. Check out our website, compliancebeat.com. This podcast is brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Be sure to check us out at moorheadconsulting.com.